Hi folks, this week I learned something new. We talk about Sheltered Harbor Certification, which is a framework for financial institutions to make sure that they can recover after a cyber attack. I think there's a lot to learn for all of us, not just financial institutions. Hope you enjoy the episode. You could restore it all. Hi, and welcome to Backup Central's Restore It All podcast. I'm your host, W. Curtis Preston, a.k.a. Mr. Backup, and I have with me my dust collector consultant, Persona Maliandi. How's it going, Persona? I'm good, Curtis. I do have to let you know I have a pretty bad allergy to dust, so I may not be so the that, right person. No, that, that makes you the perfect, but... but, but but I have to say you're not doing a very good job because I keep buying and buying the wrong. Like I got to connect this to that and the thing with the thing. Cause you know, got, you, know, you know what, what you really need to do. So for the listeners, this is Curtis is, has his wood shop up and running. He has a bunch of tools, which produce a lot of dust. And therefore he's trying to build like a dust collection system to yeah. spare me from dying. So um, one of the things though, is like each one has a different size adapter. Some are one and a half inches. Some are two inches. One and a quarter. And one and a quarter. Some, two and a half. Yeah. Four. Uh, and and then yeah. non-standard and, sizes. There's also non-standard yep. sizes. Yeah. Yeah. So what you need to do, Curtis, and I think this will help you a lot, is you need to draw a picture on a piece of paper mm-hmm. with your various equipment pieces, with the size of those, so then you can figure out what you need or what you have. Yeah. The you Planning. Know, what's that? <laughs> Planning. planning yeah well it's not just that like i recently found out that D- dewalt makes on purpose makes non-standard sized <laughs> dust ports on some of their machines because they sell a dust collection system and so they're like well it works with the dewalt dust collection system right which i don't even see for sale anywhere i'm sure it is for sale somewhere but so like half of my tools have standard size ports, although they're not all the same size. And then <laughs> some of my tools, like the table saw and the the sander, has a total non-standard uh, yeah. port. Um, and so this is what is is apparently this is a problem being solved by 3D printers and Etsy. <laughs> so it's yeah. people. Oh, I could totally are, see that. Yeah. Yeah, it's a little cottage industry of people selling, you know, the thing to the thing. Um, you know what? You should get into this business, Curtis. I bet you can get a 3D scanner, right? 3D printer? 3D scan. 3D printer? No, no, no. Oh, First, 3... you need a 3D scanner. Oh, Lord. So you can scan the dust port collectors, right, that you mm-hmm. have already. And then you use that to build the adapters. You know what I do is I go down to Lowe's and, and you know, use a caliper. Can't you just use a caliper? Right. Um, yeah, I think I could make it happen, but yeah, uh, this is a thing. Um, but, uh, yeah, so these are the problems that I have with my expensive, my new expensive hobby. Um, <laughs> but so, you know, our, our guest that, uh, we're having on, he's a, he's a repeat guest. And last time we were talking, you know, we had him on the podcast, he threw out this phrase 
And, you know, we were immediately like, what, what, what is that? What is that thing? And so we decided to have him back uh, just to talk about that. We'll talk about that in a minute. He's been in the industry for over 30 years. Um, and um, he is now the enterprise architect at Presidio Network Solutions. Welcome to the podcast, Eric Bursley. All right. <laughs> thank you, Curtis, and thank you, Prasanna. So what? <laughs> Glad th- to have you back. <laughs> yeah, yes. so this little Glad phrase that you threw out was this sheltered <laughs> harbor certification, which, you know, I, th- I think you threw a little shade at me saying that, you know, you were a little surprised that uh, Mr. Backup didn't <laughs> know about this, this backup-centric uh, thing. Uh, so... Why, why don't we back up a little bit and, and sort of set the stage in terms of what, you know, I always want to know how, you know, how did we get here? Um, so first up, maybe let's do what, a real quick, like a, you know, a 20 second overview of what sheltered Harbor certification is. Right. So sheltered Harbor certification is a, First of all, Sheltered Harbor is a nonprofit organization. It is an independent organization that provides Um, a financial institution with an assurance that they can provide back to their users, their customers, that their data is resilient against a ransomware attack. So um, with that, it's supposed to um, provide them with more confidence that if something happens to my bank through a ransomware attack, what data I had available to me yesterday will be available to me once they recover, typically within 24 hours. And because it's sheltered Harbor certification, I'm guessing, do they actually own the data and the processes and everything else? Or are they just sort of like NIST or some of these other organizations where they're like, Hey, here are the standards. Here's like the best practices. Here are the things you should be following in order to be, able to do it's kind of like how if you're doing credit card transaction right you have to do like pci certification right right, in order to be able to handle credit cards is that kind of how this is so yeah sheltered harbor is more of a framework um, in place they make some recommendations um that if followed um you can apply for certification and if you follow their framework um strictly they would be able to provide you with that certification saying that, yes, you are good um, and that um, you can uh, put our name on your website that your data is going to be safe. Um, So it is a framework. And that is when you say that you can get that certification, is that a customer like a bank in your example or is that like a vendor who provides the service? It's typically the the bank gets the certification. The bank is applying for the certification. Um, Now, in order to achieve that certification, the bank has to have certain things already in place. Um, The first of which is a data vault for their backup data. Um, So, you know, following the traditional three, two, one rule, um, that offsite copy would be an immutable copy that is operationally air-gapped um, and also scanned for any vulnerabilities so that you would be able to determine a specific point in which you are clean to restore um, into an 
Integrated Recovery Environment, or an IRE. Um, so it's a set of processes. It's not just I have tape, which tape is traditionally immutable, um, but I'm also actively scanning my data vault that is immutable so that I know which restore points I can restore to. So, uh, yeah, so so a lot of questions that come up there. So the first <laughs> would be, what is it about banks that make them want to be to, to, to achieve a certification like this? What you know, why is it this just for everybody? Well, the, the process could be applied for everybody. Um, but Sheltered Harbor is focusing on the financial industry in particular, um, mostly because if we don't have access to our money, we can't do anything. Um, so right. that was their primary target around this. But the process that they have, it's solid for all industries. And, and Presidio recommends this for all industries as well. Um, in, in one of my feature workshops, I talk about um, data immutability and that that uh, third copy of your data, that offsite copy should be in a separate authentication domain so that it is protected against any sort of credential compromise that it's immutable. But it, Sheltered Harbor adds on to that and says it's also verifiable that you know when to restore and how are you going to restore into a, a disaster recovery environment? Interesting. So, yeah, like Curtis said, I have a ton of questions just like popping up in my head right now. Um, you talked about one aspect I want to go back to is like that operational air gap. Yes. Right. And sort of how do they define that? Because I know I've heard about, okay, strict air gap where it's like physical isolation completely. Sometimes we talk about virtual air gaps. Is operational air gap different in some way 